thank you for joining us for this podcast from Abundant Life. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this word. Now, here's Pastor Scott. I do believe that you're here for a purpose. I don't believe you're here by accident. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in providence. And I want you to believe today that God can speak to you. Doesn't matter how many times you've been in church. Doesn't matter how much you know about church. Listen, we all can grow. Do you believe that? The Bible says it's God's designed to take us from one level of glory to the next level of glory. And no matter where you are in your life, I want you to believe today that God is alive, that this book is special, and that God has something to say to you today. In Proverbs 31, 30, the Bible says this, Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. I want to preach to you that today from a sermon simply titled Happy Mother's Day. Pray with me. God, thank you for each person who's come today, Lord. Thank you for this time together around your word. Father, I pray that you would let me decrease and you increase. Father, I pray that your word would be exalted today and that your name would be magnified. Lord, I pray that you'd anoint my mouth and my mind to speak on your behalf. Teach us what you would have us to know. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this day. We dedicate it to you for your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you this morning about something that we all have in common, something that we all have absolutely in common. We all come, many of us come from different backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds, different parts of the country, but whether you're from the north, south, east, or west, we all were born from a woman. We all came from our mom, and your mom should be special. Can we agree on that? You are your mother's child. And I preach a very similar message every Mother's Day because I grew up in a church. Uh, once I got saved, I was in a church where the pastor, every Mother's Day, read a letter to his mom. You remember that, Mom? You remember that, Dina? Brother Moore used to read a letter to his mom because she had already gone to heaven. So I purpose to speak to you guys in a very similar fashion every Mother's Day because I'm blessed uh, today to, to have my mom with us here today. Wave at everybody, Mom. Come put your hands together. My mom was one of, the, one of the families that started this church almost 15 years ago, and she was here every time the doors opened. My mom and I used to have to do all the work before we got a staff, before the church was growing. Remember that day we crawled around on the bathroom floor and scrubbed urine out of the tiles under the urinal in the men's room? That was, that's a mother and son memory you, everybody ought to have. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, men, aim better. You can't get that at every church. There ain't no other church in the world told the men to aim better today. But I'm glad my mom is in church today. She was here every time the doors open, always serving in ministry. And she has recently got married, and her husband is with her here today. And I just want to celebrate them. Would you put your hands together for my mom and her husband being in attendance with us today? What I'd like to do... Um, and it's something that we've done consistently through the years. It was a little different. They had a long drive to come here to make it this year. And some of you won't like this, and I get that, because your mom's not going to get called up on stage today. And, and why has he got to take time out to do this? Because I believe we should model what the Bible says. And the Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. And I would like to, not only because she's my mom, but she's been a mother to many in this church for years she served in ministry to many in this church for years. So right now, I want to have my sister and my mom come up here. We're going to present my mother with some gifts, and I want you to put your hands together as we honor the founding mother of this church. And here comes Deacon Cliff. We've got some gifts that we want to present. Listen, I want to tell you something. If you ever get the opportunity to congratulate your mom, to honor your mom, you're doing what the Bible says. And my sister and I have served in this church for a really long time, many times without pay, many times extra hours. And you see us here a lot, and you see me up front a lot, and Dina behind the scenes a lot. But here's the reality. Neither one of us would be here if it wasn't for this woman. Amen. Amen. So we want to give you these flowers. We want to give you these gifts. Look, I'm not going. Oh, we're going to pull. We're not going to pull all that out. Oh, don't make her carry that. Don't make anybody carry that. You can peel that out later. That's, that looks heavy. 
I just want to tell you this. I love you, and I thank God for you. I love you, and I thank God for you. Happy Mother's Day to both of you. Would you guys help me pray for my family? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this time. Lord. I thank you for my mother being strong, being a good woman, being your child. Father, I thank you for the love that she has for you and the love that she has for her family. God, I thank you for the years of service that she's given her life to serve you, Lord, and I pray that you would bless her with many more years to come. Lord, I thank you for every woman in this church present today, Lord, realizing their uniqueness and how special they are, and I thank you for my unique mother today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I do that quick so I don't cry. All right, here's what I want to do so we can get our mind back around church. I got a video that I play because when I saw this, most of you, if you've been around for a while, you've already seen this, but it's hilarious to me because it sounds like my mom. Now, y'all have heard me say it. I don't think it'd be appropriate. Uh, now, now mom, mom's working the red out of her hair, but y'all heard me say for years that my mom is what? Meanest red-headed white woman on the planet. She's mellowed in her old age. Liam's like, I, hey, y'all should have told me that early. But she's also an amazing woman of strength and character, an accomplished woman. She rose to heights in her profession that were unheard of. But she said so much stuff to me. Any of y'all have a, I mean, this is good mom stuff. Stuff like, stop crying before I give you something to cry about. That kind of mom. Boy, if you don't shut up crying, I'm going to beat you. I'm like, what are you doing now? It's more of that. But it wasn't just that. It was great things, great wisdom that I learned from my mom. One of the things that my mom says, and I, you hear a lot of my mom in me. And, and I give honor to my mom a lot even when she's not here. One of the things that you hear me say consistently is a philosophy that she ingrained in me by hearing it so many times. Son, send me my flowers while I'm living. That's why we give her flowers today. It's okay to give flowers to people at a funeral. That's awesome. You know, that's, that's expected. That's, that's okay. But they don't see them. They don't hold them. They don't smell them. And my mom, when she says, send me my flowers while I'm living, she's saying, love me while I'm here. And that's a great message, and I thank you for that, Mom. And so many things that this woman is about to say in a funny way, I had drilled into my head for a really long time. And if you hear any part of your mom in what this woman's about to say, you can rejoice and know that you had a good mom. And if you hear any of you in this, you can rejoice and know your own point, too. Let's play this video. Get up now, get up now, get up out of bed. Wash your face, brush teeth, comb and sleep, be hit. Here's your clothes and your shoes, hear the words I said. Get up now, get up and make your bed. Are you hot, are you cold, are you wearing that? Where's your books and your lunch and your homework? And grab your coat and your gloves and your scarf and hat. Don't forget, you gotta feed the cat. Each breakfast, the experts tell us it's the most important meal of all. Take your vitamins so you will grow up one day to be big and tall. Please remember the orthodontist will be seeing you at three today. Don't forget your piano lesson is this afternoon, so you must play. Don't shovel too slowly, but hurry. The bus is here. Be careful. Come back here. Didn't you wash behind your ears? Play outside. Don't play rough. Would you just play fair? Be polite. Make a friend. Don't forget to share. Work it out. Wait your turn. Never take a dead Get along. Don't make me come down there. Clean your roof. Watch your clothes. Put your stuff away. Make your bed. Do it now. Do we have all day? Were you born in a barn? Would you like some hay? Can you even hear a word I say? Jumped off a cliff Would you jump too? If I said 
Mothering 101 right there. That's enough good preaching in it to get us through. I'm going to give you a couple of more things today, and then I'm going to let you go. As I've said, we all have mothers at some point in our life. Through God's eternal plan, that's how he chose to bring us into the world uh, of a woman. And the Bible tells us that we are to honor our father and our mother. And we need to understand this morning, if you don't hear anything else, understand that mothers are important not just to you, but to God. Mothers are important in God's eternal plan. No one would be here without them, including Jesus. God could have brought Jesus into the earth in any fashion, but he chose to bring Jesus into the earth, born of a woman. And we live in a time where disrespect runs rampant. We live in a time where kids are so far off the frame that they talk back to their parents, even cuss at their parents. And I want you to know, listen, that is not God's way. It is not God's way to be disrespectful. I hear kids talk about respect, little 11-year-old kids, you know, with fake gold teeth in their mouth. You know, disrespect me. (laughs) Disrespect you? You're 11 years old. What am I going to respect about you? Pull your pants up. Talk right. Listen, we live in an age where respect is lacking. And I see people, I go into stores, I wait in lines, it drives me crazy. My, my, and my kids will tell me, whether we're in a restaurant, whether we're standing in a line, they see kids talking back to their mom, and they lean over and they say, they didn't get beat enough when they were kids, did they, Dad? <laughs> sure didn't. Sure didn't. I told you all that time I, I had to go. You know it's a bad day if you have to go to the DMV and stand in line in Jacksonville. And I was standing in line, and this kid was terrorizing the entire DMV. This little, about eight-year-old white boy, just terrorizing the whole place and screaming at everything, knocking stuff down. I'm like, does anybody see this? There's got to be a law against this. He just, this is government papers he's throwing on the ground. And he is just going at his mom, and she finally, he got by her, and she grabbed him. And he tried to pull away, and she wouldn't let him go. And I'm like, that's awesome. He said, you better let go of me. I'll tell my teacher you hit me. And she let go of him. I leaned in. Because I'm helpful. And I said, ma'am, his teacher don't know me. And if you want me to, I will sit him over my knee on that chair right there. And I will beat his butt until you tell me to stop. That's, That's good help. He got freaked out and grabbed her leg. She got freaked out and turned away from me like I was Charles Manson. (laughs) Trying to help people. Disrespect is off the chain in this generation. The way kids treat their parents is not only shameful, it's ungodly. Don't let your children talk back to you. Hey, listen, if you can't handle them, bring them up here. I got something for them. Yeah, I'm going to keep preaching. That's the right message, wrong crowd. The Bible says as Christians, we are supposed to be shaping the world we live in, not being shaped by the world we live in. And children are being shaped more so in this generation by the world than they are being shaped by the church. We are supposed to teach our children how to have respect. It it might not be cool to honor your parents, young people, in front of your friends. It might not be cool to honor your parents in this generation. But honoring your mother and father is one of the big ten. Say big ten. One of the Big Ten commandments It's not just one of the Big Ten. It's the first commandment with a promise attached to it. Listen to Ephesians 6 and 1. Children, obey your parents. Obey. Obey. You know why you obey your parents? I've told you all before. My mom did not negotiate with me. My mom did not have conversations with me about why I should. Don't, don't tell. Well, little Johnny, don't throw the canopies down the aisle at the Walmart. Why? Because you're not supposed to. Why? Because it's not where they go. Why? My mom didn't negotiate and talk with me. She taught me early, don't negotiate with terrorists. You get one why. And it's just what that woman said on that video, because I said so. Now, when the eyes get big and she said, because I said so, time to shut it down. Because something worse was coming than just language after that. Obey your parents. 
Because you belong to the Lord, and it's the right thing to do. You want to be right with God? Obey your parents. Verse 2 said, honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment with a promise. What's the promise? Verse 3 says, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. When I first looked at that, I was a young man in my teenage years, and I thought, man, I'm not trying to live long, a long life. I was looking at old people thinking, man, I want to be like James Dean. I want to live fast, die young, leave a good-looking corpse. I've outlived all that. But as I studied it, I saw something worth living for. It said things will go well for you, and you'll have a long life. Not just a long life, but a good long life, a long life filled with good things. I believe one of the reasons teenage suicide is so high is because children don't know how to honor their parents, and they short-circuited their life. I believe one of the reasons why kids are so unhappy and need medication and need therapy so much in this generation is because they haven't been taught to and even forced to and commanded to honor their mother and father. I've told you already today that mothers are important in God's kingdom, and a lot of churches downplay the role of women in ministry. There are some churches that don't believe that women are called to do certain aspects of ministry. And it's funny because those churches and those denominations will tell you instantly that they believe that we're living in the last days. And the, last, the Bible plainly says of the last days that God will pour his spirit out on all flesh and your sons and daughters would prophesy. But there are people saying that women shouldn't get up and preach. I want you to know we're not that kind of church. And ladies, I want you to get involved in ministry. God has put stuff in you that you need to be serving him and getting that stuff out of you. I told you God could have brought Jesus into the earth any kind of way he wanted to, but he chose to do it through a mother. He chose a woman. And the first thing I want you to see this morning is Jesus had a mom and he loved her. Jesus had a mom and he loved her. We call ourselves Christians. That word means Christ-like, to live the way Christ lived. If you really want to be a Christian, you need to love your mother, because that's what Jesus did. That's my answer to everybody who says, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I can be a Christian without going to church. No, you cannot. You, you might make heaven. You might have some type of weird, strange, jacked-up relationship with God, but you're not a Christian not going to church because Christian means Christ-like. And listen, Jesus went to church, check this, every day. Jesus went to church all the time. Different message, different crowd, but Jesus had a mom, and he loved her. If you want to be a Christian, you have to do what Jesus did. Jesus had a mom, and he loved her. Think about even in the natural, because Jesus said, you got to, if you can understand things in the natural, then maybe you can get a glimpse of the spiritual. Think about the life of Christ even in the natural. The first set of eyes that he probably remembered seeing were probably that of his mom. She was there probably for his first steps and his first words. See, this was her first child. Second children, I'm sorry, says second children, they, I mean, they, they don't always get the same stuff. How, how many of y'all remember where your first child was when they had their first bath? What sink they took it in? Anybody remember where the first child was? All right, now of that crowd, how many remember where the second child was? How many of y'all videotaped and camcorded your first child's everything and got three pictures of your second child? Y'all know what I'm talking about. This was her first child. And this was her first child without sex. Now, that's really a different message for a different crowd. The only child without So Jesus was special, say special. But he had a mother, and he loved her. And so I don't think it's a stretch. Now, the Bible doesn't say she was there for his first steps and first words. And I do agree with great theologians that says where the Bible is silent on issues, good men would do well to do the same. I don't think it's a stretch to believe that his mother was there to witness his first steps or his first words. And we certainly know for sure that she was there to witness his last steps and his last words. For all the people that were following Jesus for the miracles, for all the people that were following Jesus for the circus act, for all the people that were following Jesus to see what would happen next, they most of them abandoned him at the cross, and there was only one disciple, Jesus' mother, and a handful of women that even cared enough, loved him enough to follow him, but his mother was there. In John 19.25, the Bible says, standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, 
Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. Now, we know this is John because John is the only one. The, this disciple is John. Many times when John was speaking of himself, he wouldn't name his own name. He would refer to himself as that disciple, this disciple, or the disciple that Jesus loved. He was the only one, not just of the thousands, he was the only one of the 12 who was at the cross. And he's there at the cross with Jesus' mom and some other ladies. And Jesus while being very busy. See, some people think they're too busy to do the right thing. You're never too busy to do the right thing. You're too busy doing the wrong stuff. Jesus was busy. He, he was affecting salvation for the entire world. With the weight of the world and the sin of the world on his physical body, the scripture says, having been beaten, kept up all night, stripped naked, hanging between earth and heaven, purchasing salvation by the shedding of his blood and the giving of his life, he takes this moment in time to take care of his mother. He had a lot going on, but he loved his mother. And the disciple was there. And back in these days, you didn't need a justice of the peace and you didn't need a notary public. You could say things in definitive ways that became legal. There were certain proceedings that were binding just through speech. And here is a binding adoption proceeding that Jesus speaks to his mother and to his disciple. Because at this point, Mary's husband was dead. Jesus had been looking out. For his mom. Jesus is about to leave, but he loved his mom so much he wanted to make sure that she wasn't left alone. And he said, Mom, that right there is going to be your son because I'm going and he needs you because even a grown man needs a mom in his life. Amen. And he looked at John. He said, That's your mom. You take care of her. And John moved Jesus' mom into his house and he cared for her until her death. And this is how much Jesus cared about his mom that from the time he was born to the time that he died, she was there with him on every step. And he realized that, and he loved her so much that in his dying moments, he wanted to make sure that somebody was going to be there to look out for his mom. He loved his mom. I want you to love your mom. I want the whole world to know and the whole church to know that I love my mom. That, that, that's why I try to do what she tells me to do. I have always done it perfect. No, I was such a horrible teenager before Christ. I was such a off-the-rails person. My mom, there were times with tears in her eyes. She begged me, son, please just leave. Just get out of my house. I can't take you anymore. I'm not picking you up from jail anymore. I can't deal with you anymore. And, and in, in my evilness and hatred, I said, I'm not going anywhere because I can live here for free. You never know who the next preacher might be. You're off the, there was no way in the world anybody thought Scott Becker would ever be standing up with a microphone in his hand talking about Jesus. But you know what? When I got saved, I realized that I had not treated my mom right. I had not loved my mom right as well as many other people. And I, I want her to know and I want you to know, I plan on spending the rest of my life and the rest of her life loving her as best I can because she deserves it. Can we say amen to that? Christians are supposed to be like Christ. Jesus loved his mom and took care of her. Some of you haven't talked to your mom in a long time. Some of you have difficulty. This is the whole crux of the message. Wake up and don't miss this. It doesn't matter what the alienation process was caused by. If you're upset with mom, if you're not right with mom, if, well, you don't know what she did. You don't know how she does. You don't know what happened between us. Listen, you don't have forever to get that straight. Get it straight now. I have been at funerals where people have told me the last words we spoke were in anger. Don't let that be your testimony. Don't let that be your testimony. Don't let it be your testimony. I just wish I could tell her I love her one more time. I wish that she was just here so I could tell her that one more time. Today is a difficult day for many women, mothers and women who haven't had children, who have lost kids. My mother lost her youngest. My brother was the youngest, and he, he went home to be with Jesus on Christmas Eve 2001, and that's just not the natural order. It's not the natural order for the baby of the family to die first, and I don't think anybody wears that harder than a mother. And there are other mothers in the room that have lost children, lost family members that they love, and holidays and, and reminders like today often bring that pain up 
to the surface. And I want you to know if you have hurt, if you have pain in your life, God sees your pain and he cares about you. And I want you to talk to him about it and let him be your comfort. The Bible says he's the God of all comfort. There are women who are upset on Mother's Day because they wanted nothing more to to be a mom. And it, it never happened for them. I want you to know, let God be your comfort. And as I said earlier, church, one of the cool things about church is we get to be moms and dads to lots of kids. We get to be spiritual parents to kids all throughout the church. And I thank God for every woman who has shown my children love, who has cared about my children, and who has cared about me. Please be sensitive to women all the time, but especially on this day. Second thing I want you to remember this morning is you can't be right with God and wrong with mom. Can't be right with God and wrong with mom. There are Christians who would teach the whole Bible to you, tell you up and down what the Bible says about this, that, and the other thing, but haven't talked to their mom in years because they're upset, they're mad, they're alienated, they're angry. Listen, you can't be right with God and wrong with mom. What did the commandments say? We already saw it in Ephesians 6. Dial it back to where it said in Old Testament, Exodus 20, verse 12, honor your father and mother, then you will live a long life, a long full life in the land your Lord God is giving you. The Bible commands us that we have to honor our mother and father. It's not an option. Listen to me. I've had children, teenagers come up to me and say, well, my mom's not a Christian, so I don't have to honor her. That's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say honor your mother and father if they're Christians. It says honor them if they're your mother and father. That's the only qualifier. It doesn't say honor. Well, my mom's not very smart, so I listen, stop thinking you're smarter than your mom. You're showing how immature you really are. You, you, you've seen the stories, you've seen the memes, you, you, you've heard the theory before that when you were a child, you know, 14-year-olds think that they know so much more than their parents. Then they get older and they realize their parents knew so much more than them. Go ahead and figure that out. Now, you've got to honor. This is not an option. This is a command. In 1 John three twenty two, the Bible says, we receive whatever we request because we obey him and do the things that please him. We receive whatever we request. This is prayer. Say prayer. We get our prayers answered. Why? Because we obey him and we do the things that please him. Well, the things that please God are us doing what he tells us to do. The first commandment with a promise he gave us was to honor our mother and father. Now, I talk a lot about the biblical principle of inference. The Bible doesn't say everything. It says a lot of things, and it infers a lot of things. Now, if the Bible says God answers our prayers because we obey him and we do the things that please him, what's going to happen if we don't obey him and we don't do the things that please him? He's not going to what? He's not going to answer our prayers. There are a lot of people praying but not getting anywhere with their prayers because they're not even doing the big ten. They're not even doing the big one, the one with a promise, the the first commandment with a promise to honor your mother and father. And I want you to know, if you want your prayers to be right, you got to start honoring your mom and dad. Well, they, they don't treat me right. Doesn't matter. There's no qualifier on honoring your mother and father. You just have to do it. Say do it. Young people, middle aged people, old people, love your mom. Treat her right. You wouldn't be here without her. God used her to bring you into this world, and she ought to be treated special. She's different. Don't treat her just like any other human being. It just bothers me. I see kids talk to their mother like she's just some friend, some trash off the street. Listen, treat your mother right. Can we agree on that? My wife died 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago this summer, and my kids sitting on the front row, their mom's not here today. They, they don't have the option to honor their mother. They still, they still pray, ask God to tell her hi. They still live lives they want to make their mom proud. They still live lives that they want their mom to know that they are good boys. Listen, everybody doesn't have mom still with them. I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. If you still got your mother with you, if your mother's still alive and on this planet, you need to show her your love. You need to let her know that you love her. You say, well, my mom is gone. Even in her passing, I want you to hear me. You can still bring honor to her by the way that you live. You can still bring honor to your mother by the character that you possess and the dignity and the integrity that you walk in. 
It's time for people who name the name of Christ to, to raise up the standard of how they're living. Not just because our mothers deserve it, but because our God deserves it. We need to start doing what the Scripture tells us to do. And if you've got your mom with you, I want you to love her. Call her today. If you, if you can't see her, call her. If she is not on this planet, pray to God and tell God that you thank him for giving you the mother that he gave you. This generation is just so crazy to me in how they act like they love their mom. Because when you see these athletes get on television, first thing they want to do is say, hi, who? Mom. Listen, you get famous and you go into some league and you, you get paid, you say thanks to dad. Amen. Listen, I know Tabitha is an athlete, but you were the big athlete. You were the man. And I, she's like, no, well, <laughs> let's talk about it a little bit. When Aaron goes into the NFL, he's going to be saying thank you, mom, but could he say thank you, dad, every now and then? Listen, when they, but this is what. Thanks, Mom. They always want to shout out, thanks, Mom. But it's not just athletes. I see people, entertainers, they want to get on there, live lives, and just brag about and feel like they have more street cred because they're gangsters. They've killed people. They smoke more weed than Carter's got liver pills. They live raggedy lives. They want everybody to know how hard they are. But as soon as you want to give them a little plaque, a little award, they want to stand up there and say, uh, just big shout out to the Lord. I just want to give up props to the big man upstairs. The D-O-double-G wouldn't be nothing without the Lord. Listen, you don't have to give props to a God you don't honor all year long. But if you do honor the Lord all year long, you got to be concerned about how you live. Respect is vanishing in this life. And listen, it's not respectful just to say it. you got to do it. Say do it. We need a cultural shift in America. These people talking about, I just thank, thank God for, for, for giving me the grace and the strength to do this. And thank moms for letting me. Moms. How many of you got? Thank moms for letting me, uh, you know, supporting me all through my career. Were you thanking her when she said stop hanging out with the wrong crowd? Were you thanking her when she said brush your teeth and go to bed? Were you thanking her when she said do your homework? Were you thanking her when she said pull your britches up and act like you got some sense? Were you thanking her when she was trying to help you? This is what real honor is about, loving people the right way. Last thing, third thing I want everybody to think about. It's not what you have on the outside, ladies, that matters. It's what you have on the inside. Real beauty is on the inside. Say inside. See, outward beauty is perishing. Listen to me, young men. Pick you a fine woman. Ugly's hard to look at. I'm just going to be real with you. You know, but if when your eyesight starts to go, it doesn't matter as much. <laughs> Take your glasses off. Listen, start off in your young age, get somebody that's gorgeous, but realize it's going to fade. I'm trying to help you, young people. It's not always going to be that way. Ladies, same thing. Get, get you a man. Get you a manly man. But just realize he's going to get that furniture disease. You know, every good furniture store has a chest of drawers. And every man that lives long enough is going to get furniture disease. His chest is going to fall all the way down into his drawers. Just a process. Just happens. You know, beauty's on the inside. Listen, I've heard some people say that, that beauty's only skin deep, but ugly what? Goes all the way down to the bone. Real beauty is on the inside. Because that stuff on the outside is going to fade. That's why women ought to thank God for preachers that let them wear makeup. Oh, I travel around the world. I see some of these denominations, you know, women hair to the floor, dresses to the floor, no makeup. And some people say, Pastor, you believe it's a sin for women to wear makeup? I believe it's a sin for most women not to wear makeup. <laughs> Listen, if it's culturally acceptable, I'd be painting up some of you dudes. <laughs> to be honest. Hey, even an old barn looked good with a fresh coat of paint on it. Am I right? But when it comes to real beauty, say real. real. See, it's not about all that made up, dressed up. Oh, my gosh. The world we live in, the money people spend trying to look good, white people buying tanning bed visits, tearing their skin up, black people putting on fade cream. I mean, it's just short people wearing heels, tall people slumping. Nobody wants to be happy with who they are. Everybody's trying to get prettier, injecting Botox, rat poisoning into their face, trying to kill their wrinkles out. Listen, just grow old with grace and stop lying down. I help y'all, and I'm going to get you out of here on time. Ladies, 
if you're going to lie, don't, I don't advocate lying. I'm a pastor. It wouldn't be good from the pulpit, all right? I believe you ought to tell the truth. But if you're going to lie about your age, if you're 45, stop telling people you're 38. I'm trying to help you. Stop telling people you're 38 because that doesn't do you any good. If you're 45 years old, tell people you're 57. Because then they'll be like, all the 57-year-olds I know don't look like that. It's, listen, if you're going to lie, lie up. Just stop lying down. I don't know why y'all lie down. I got a friend of mine, and, and I, I don't advocate dating websites, but I got a friend of mine who goes on dating websites, and he tells me to say, I call him up, and I'm like, well, how'd it go? He said, bruh, <laughs> that picture she had on her profile must have been 23 years old. <laughs> they lied down. She should have lied up. Look, put the ugliest picture you, you got on your profile. Then if he calls, he might want to talk to you. Let me get out of here. Real beauty's on the what? Inside. And this is what we need to strive for. But our society works against us. Our society works against our young girls. See, dudes don't care. I'm, I'm living proof. My sister can tell you, I've dated the best-looking women on the planet. Am I right? I, I, man, I had, and I've had friends tell me, dude, I don't know what it is because you, you, you're not a good-looking man, but how do you end up with all? Hey, it's, it's called swag. It, you don't have to be six foot two, 220 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal to get a good-looking woman if you're a dude because society don't put that on us. You know, I, I tell people all the time, my, my body's built for comfort, not for speed. Don't get me out on no running track. I'm all day on the couch, though. Listen, different message for different crowd. Dudes don't have that pressure put on them. We, we don't feel like we have to lose weight. Why? I'm the man. We, we don't feel like, we, I mean, look, look at Deacon West. Good-looking, middle-aged man. All his hair's gone. He ain't worried about that. He shined that up with the best of them, blinding me from here. Y'all see that sun baking off it? That fluorescent lights. We're going to have to get these fluorescent lights off these bald-headed men. You know what, though? Ain't bothering him. He walks in his house, looks at his woman, and says, this is here. And Nick's is like, amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory adios. Society don't put nothing on a man. You can be old, ugly, and fat. And still be like, hey, I can still pull low. Why? Because we, we're conditioned to believe that. Our girls are not conditioned to believe that. They're conditioned to believe that they've got to be this certain way to be pretty. And it's just not reasonable. And let me tell you something, ladies especially you young women. Stop thinking you're supposed to look like somebody you see on TV. Stop looking, thinking you're supposed to look like somebody you see on a magazine cover. Stop thinking you're supposed to look like somebody you see on a billboard. Because number one, they probably, if, if they're that f super fine, men, you know they're a training wreck to deal with. High, high maintenance. Can you hear me? You dare be when no woman wants a $3,000 purse if you ain't got $23,000 to put in it. Hey, you carrying a purse that costs more than you got in your checking account, you got your values messed up. Ladies, stop trying to be like these women you see on television. Stop thinking that you're supposed to look like them. It doesn't matter. Short, tall, big, small, skinny, fat, round, square-headed, whatever you got going on, wear it like you own it. Thank God for it. This is who God made you. To. Well, I just want to be like, look like the girl on the billboard. She don't look like the girl on the billboard. Pro hair and pro makeup. I'm going to show you a one-minute clip. This is probably the ugliest girl on the planet. Not really. But she's a little homely looking, to be honest with you. But I want you to see what Hollywood does to make these girls look the way they look. And our daughters... And the girls in our community are wondering, why can't I look like her? Why can't my cheekbones be that way? Why can't my face be shaped that way? Why can't my hair be like that? Straight hair girls want curly hair. Curly hair girls want straight hair. Look, there's just no satisfying. You got to learn beauties on the inside. Look at this clip with me and see how, how much deception is involved in these Hollywood chicks. 
She's not ready for a billboard yet. She's about to be. And it's not just what they do with hair and makeup. Doesn't even look like the girl they started with. Anybody believe that if you saw that on a, on a profile and then you went out with a chick that showed up in the first picture, you, you would feel lied to? Come on, fellas. You would know you were lied to. Society wants our girls to think that they should look a certain way, and they portray these people on TV and on print ads, and they don't even look a certain way. Listen, get this, ladies. Real beauty is on the inside. Proverbs 31.30, our opening text says, Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Listen, it doesn't matter who it is. You live long enough, that beauty's going to fade. That shine is going to dull. Wrinkles are going to come. Weight is going to shift around. But what's on the inside can stay. 1 Peter 3, 4 says, you should be known for the beauty that comes from within, talking to ladies. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. If you're a Christian woman, I want you to get this, and I'm going to close. This is telling all Christian women what is precious to God and what God calls beautiful. A gentle and a quiet spirit. We live in a community, we live in a culture where women are trying to rise up and be men. I don't need no man in my life, neck swagging, finger snapping, acting like they're so manly. Don't be that kind of woman. Let men be men. You concentrate on being a woman. God said it's precious to him, and it's an unfading beauty. Listen, everything about your looks, ma'am, is going to change. It don't matter how hot you think you are right now. It don't matter how fly you think you are right now. All that is going to, if you live long enough, it's going to change. You're going to look in the mirror. How many, I'm, I'm, I'm to that point now. I know I talked to my sister about it. Yeah, she's to that point now. How, how many, be honest, you walk by the mirror and you look in that mirror and you know that's not you looking back at you and you're like, who was that? When did all that happen? <laughs> Keep living or get honest because not enough of y'all raised y'all's hands. But <laughs> that fades. But God said what real beauty is comes from within. God says what's precious to him, what's beautiful to him, what doesn't fade is a woman with a gentle and a quiet spirit. Don't think because life's been hard on you, you got to be hard back. Don't think because you had to do it without a man that now you got to be the man. Don't think that because you had to do so much just to come up that you still can't be the woman God created you to be. God created men to be men and women to be women. And God says what's beautiful is unfading and what's beautiful is precious to him. And it's a gentle and a quiet spirit. These are things that are on the inside. These are things that don't fade. And women, I want you to concentrate on being beautiful on the inside. Stop trying to change the outside. And no way in the world, my grandmother, you think your mama would have spent, if they would have gave her a, a, a Face surgery for $1,000. Grandparents wouldn't have spent money on face surgeries, boob jobs, tummy tucks, Botox, teeth whitening. They were just too busy living and and gaining an arm flab underneath. Y'all remember them? (laughs) Ain't that right? Grandmother, grandmother arm. Listen, generations gone by didn't care about that stuff. Why? Because they weren't so beat down by a media group that had told them they didn't look right it's not what you look like on the outside because every man with a brain would rather have a woman that's pretty on the inside than pretty on the outside because pretty on the outside fades but you need to concentrate on being pretty on the inside we're not going to give out flowers to mom. We're not going to do old school church stuff. You know, even the old school churches had to stop doing. I, I've seen little churches that used to give gifts to, you know, the oldest mom. Problem with that is the same one wins every year. 
<laughs> Ain't nobody about to be older than her till she dies, and then she dies, it's a sad thing. Well, Sister Jones won oldest mother of the year for 32 years, and the glory to God, she had gone on to heaven. Are we too sad to even have it? No, we're not going to do that. They had to stop doing that. They had to stop giving out the, the women with most kids because people realized, man, that must be hard on the, they had to, on the budget. They had to stop giving gifts to the, the, the youngest mother in the room because once 12- and 13-year-olds started showing up, that didn't make the preacher look good or the church. So we're not going to give all those gifts. But a gift that I want us to give today to the women in the church, listen, not just to mothers, uh, because I believe all women have a mothering spirit. And I don't believe there's a greater capacity to show love, nurture, and comfort than it comes from the heart of a mother, the heart of a woman. God has created women that way. So whether uh, you're a mother, whether you're young, whether you're old, listen, if you are a woman, I ain't talking about Bruce Jenner. He's not a woman. Don't get mad at me. I'm telling you the truth. I don't care what bathroom he uses. I saw him on a Wheaties box. I watched him in the Olympic. That's a dude. Real women. I would like for our church to pray for you. If you're physically able to and you believe that God honors prayer, I want to ask all the ladies in our church just to stand up as we get ready to close. I want us to pray for you. I want us to honor you. Could you just stand where you are? If you'd allow us to pray for you, I'd appreciate that. All right. Look at all these women. Different shapes, different sizes, different backgrounds, but all created by God with a purpose and with destiny. And I want you to know that God put you on this planet for a reason, and he loves you. And I thank God for you being in church and honoring God. And I want to pray for you ladies now. Would you bow your heads? God, thank you so much for each one of these ladies standing. Lord, I thank you for the fact that they are in your house today honoring you. Lord, I honor them today for the life that you've given them. And I pray, Lord, your blessing over them, your protection. Anoint them, God, for greatness. Use them for your glory. Help them in their journey is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for women who still come to church. You may be seated. Maybe you're here today with a heavy heart. I'm not going to drag out a public invitation, but maybe you're here today and you're hurting. Maybe you're hurting over your family. Maybe you're hurting over your children. Maybe you're hurting over a whole different situation. I want you to know that the Bible says that the God of this book is the God of all comfort. If you need any type of comfort, if you're a man or a woman, a child, a young person, if you need any type of comfort, God can comfort you. And I want us to learn how to go to God. I want us to learn how to pray to God in our times of distress. The psalmist said, I cried unto the Lord in my time of distress, and he heard me and he delivered me. And the same God that did it for David wants to do it for you today. The same God that brought Israel out of slavery wants to bring you out of your oppression, your bondage, and your pain. The same God that parted the Red Sea wants to do a miracle in your life, the miracle you need. Why did God part the Red Sea? Not just because he wanted to show his power, but because his people needed it to happen. If you want a miracle, the only qualifier for getting your miracle is having a miracle need. And some of you have miracle needs today. Some of you have needs that if God doesn't step in and help you, then you just know you can't do it on your own. Let me tell you, you're in a good place with that. You're in a really good place with that. Because when you begin to call out to the God who can, it doesn't matter about the things that can't. Because God is able. Do you believe that? I want you to start taking your trouble, your burden to the Lord. I'm not going to have a public invitation today and ask you to come forward. But if maybe you're here and maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you came because mama wanted you to. Maybe you came because somebody asked you to. Maybe you came because you know you're supposed to. But it's not right with you and God. I've got good news for you today. The Bible says that everybody on this planet is only one prayer away from being totally right with God. Because the Bible says if you'll confess your sin, that God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God doesn't want you to carry that guilt and that shame, that stain and that pain of sin. He said he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's a great feeling to be clean before your creator. It's a great feeling to be unshackled and unburdened before the God who loves you. And I want you to know today, the Bible says if you'll call on God, he will save you. All you have to do is call on the Lord. The Bible says, whosoever, that's anybody, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
If you're here and you're not saved, you don't need to walk an aisle. You don't need to shake my hand. You don't need to talk to me. You just need to ask God to save you. Maybe you are saved, but you had not been living the life that you know you should be living. Same thing. You don't need to shake my hand. You don't, you don't need to come and make big confessions to the people in this room. You just need to talk to God and let him know that you still love him and you're ready to be the child that he created you to be. You're ready to be the person that he created you to be. Some of y'all running from the Lord. Let me tell you something. You can't outrun God. Wherever you go, he's already there. You can't run faster than him. You can't outrun him. You can't get somewhere that he's not. Some of you just need to go ahead and let go of the control of your life and say, okay, God, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the life you created me for. I'm coming back to the person that I know I'm supposed to be. And just let God have his way. Listen, we're not a perfect church. I'm not a perfect man. We've all got issues. We've all got struggles. If you've got issues and struggles, you'll fit in great here. We've got issues and struggles, but we believe in a God who can help us. And I want you to believe in a God that can help you. Through every struggle, through every trial, through every challenge, no matter where you find yourself in life, God knows your situation. God knows where you're at. And he wants you to trust him. He wants you to lean on him. He wants you to love him. We're never going to be perfect. We're never going to get it all right. But I hope that today on Mother's Day 2016, at some point you'll find a way to say, I love you, Mom, and you'll find a way to tell the Lord that you love him too. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving your son to us on the cross at Calvary. Thank you for giving us your spirit to live inside us. Lord, I pray for each person in the room today, God. Many who are hurting, Lord, I pray that you'd be their comfort, be their shield, be their shelter, and be their battle axe. Lord, many who don't know how they'll get from where they are to where they need to be, God, I pray you'd show yourself real, show yourself alive, prove to them that you're a way maker. Lord God, I pray for each person that has drifted from you, Lord, that today because of their awareness of your love for them, that they will make a decision that says that they will live for you all the days of their life. Thank you, God, for never giving up on us. Thank you for your goodness, your kindness, and your patience. We love you. Thank you for... My mom, thank you for mothers around the world. Thank you for telling us how we should treat our parents. Help us to do that, to honor you by honoring them so that we can have a good long life. Lord, I pray you bless each woman in the room today. Bless them with joy, peace, and righteousness is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We truly appreciate the opportunity to pour into your lives each week. For more information or to donate to Abundant Life's ministry, please check out our website at www.alcfnow.org.